everyone. Welcome to Pit Stops to Podium, the Red Partners podcast, where we talk to execs who have competed one, taking their companies from high growth to high scale. My name is Brendan Tolson. I serve as the co-founder and CEO of Rev Partners, and I'm delighted to have with me today, Jimmy Daly, for this episode of Pit Stops to Podium. Podium. Welcome, Jimmy. Thanks, Brendan. Good to be here. Looking forward to it. Yeah, this is going to be a fun conversation, Jimmy. It's always good to talk to marketers um, and just get their views and thoughts on the world. Um, for those in our audience who do not know who Jimmy is, uh, Jimmy is the founder and CEO of Superpath. Um, I would love for you, Jimmy, to give our audience a little bit of background on how you came to start Superpath and ultimately what is it? Cool. Yeah, happy to do that. So I, uh, Superpath is a Slack community at its core. That's what most people know us as. Uh, over the past couple of years, we've built out a handful of lines of business that mostly happen behind the scenes. So uh, we run a job board. Uh, we have a paid membership for folks who want access to courses and more networking opportunities. We work with partners. We run a talent marketplace. And as of last week, we also run a site called helpab2bwriter.com, which is a marketplace uh, where content writers can go to source subject matter expertise for articles that they're working on. Um, so that's kind of a, a whole word dump of stuff right there. I started the Slack community about three and a half years ago. Yeah, three, yeah, three and a half years ago, just kind of on a whim. Uh, I noticed a trend of people using Slack for more like peer-to-peer type communication. I wasn't aware of one for content marketers. So I started one. One thing led to another. And about a year from starting it, I left my job to pursue it full-time. So... That's kind of a whole, there's a whole lot there. We don't have to necessarily unpack all of that. But uh, yeah, I ran it as a side project for a while before diving in. That's very similar to how we started Red Partners. Uh, so, you know, sometimes that's a good way to put your toe in, see if there's a need or yeah. demand for it before you go all in. Um, yeah, especially when you have, I mean, when you have wife and kids, that's usually a, a good approach. Although uh, some people look yes. at it differently. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, I, I love kind of the origin story of Superpath, given your background in content marketing. That's really where we'll go for the big idea. But before we do that, we have a tradition here at Pissed Off the Podium, and that's to get to know our guests outside of work. So what are some fun facts that our audience should know about you? Uh, let see. I live in Vail, Colorado. Um, I've lived here about seven years. I ski every chance I get. Um, got a wife, a little girl, uh, and a dog. Um, so it's kind of like home life. And then uh, my... I have a couple hobbies. My number one hobby is trail running though. So I've uh, been running trail races and ultra marathons for the past like five or six years and uh, just love doing that. Um, so if I'm not, if I'm not working, if I'm not with the fam, I'm hopefully out on the trails. What is considered an ultra marathon? Is there like a certain distance it has to be? Technically anything over 26.2 miles falls okay. into the ultra category, but it's like that to <laughs> however, I mean, there's like a, a wide range beyond that. So what do you, is there a distance you like to hit? Um, I like, I've run a couple hundred milers. I love that distance. Um, you know, obviously it's very time consuming. It's very tiring. Uh, can't do it every year. Uh, I just don't quite have the bandwidth, but like if I had my, if I had my choice, I would, I would do probably, probably one a year would be the right amount. Yeah. I can't imagine you get much sympathy from your spouse when you are doing a, a no. hundred miles. <laughs> no. Saying you're tired is not probably one that, that uh, your spouse will really uh, have any tolerance for when uh, there's a baby or a kid at home. Uh, totally. Uh, well, thanks for sharing a little bit. That's really, really cool to hear. Um, a passion for the outdoors and for family is always is always good. It's always good for the mind and, and for your health to, to have those outlets. Um, for sure. 
So, Jimmy, we talked a little bit about, you know, your background, me and content marketing. We talked about what you're doing with Superpath. And I think it's, you know, a relevant topic for a lot of folks in marketing and ultimately in the demand gen category. We think about revenue leadership. It's just how do you be, you know, a red X and a sea of black X's as it relates to content? Um, the world of marketing is constantly changing. SEO is changing. Uh, and so I think there's a, a big question mark for these content marketers to understand how do I differentiate? Um, but maybe walk us through a little bit more before we get into tactics, uh, what you're observing or seeing as, as to why it's a challenge right now in, in the market. Yeah, I think the biggest thing that's happened over the past, I'll call it five years, is that everybody does it. Like there's a lot of really well-funded companies who have built out uh, pretty large content teams. And the role of content in many of those organizations has become watered down, for lack of a better word. 10 years ago, content marketing was solely a growth channel. The folks doing it were um, tasked with growing awareness and page views. And then somebody else handles whatever comes after that. Increasingly, content teams are asked to do a lot more. So there is a growth mechanism built into it, but they may also be supporting product marketing, demand gen. Hopefully they are supporting sales to some degree. Uh, they might be working with support. So the effect of their work is somewhat watered down, which means that companies are building larger teams, bringing on agencies, contractors, et cetera, to run these pretty sophisticated content marketing organizations, all of which is fine, except that to me, the thing that content is so great at is awareness and page views. Uh, and that is not happening for most companies as quickly as I think it could. Mostly just because it's gotten complicated and expensive to run a content program these days. And so for the companies that are standing out, a lot of them are, they're leaning on a couple things. One is just a very lean approach to content design for growth. Meaning like small team, not getting distracted by you know other parts of the organization asking for things. Like they are kind of, uh, set up to drive awareness, page views, et cetera, email subscribers maybe, um, and they're left alone to just go and do their thing. Those companies win. I can think of some companies that have like one or maybe two people doing that and are getting really good results, especially when you compare it to a large content team, super watered down, expensive to operate, and only getting kind of mediocre results in all of the different areas that they end up being responsible for. Yeah, it's interesting. So you're saying that some of this is derived from everyone's doing it um, and now it's becoming naturally more complex. And so how do you solve for it? And yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is because it can be very costly. And one way it can be costly is you have a bloated organization. And so there's like you mentioned the lean model. I think you described it as like a lone wolf beats a big team, um, which may be a bit of a hot take, especially as we're talking like high growth companies that, that have, you know, hey, we know we need to drive demand. So we're, we we have to invest in this area. And I, well, I think I hear you saying it's not that you should invest in, it's how you invest in it. So can you yeah. unpack a little bit further in terms of, hey, if you're thinking through how to build a content team, I imagine there is like, hey, what do you keep internal? And then maybe there's the kind of the super pass of the world where you say there, there is this other arm where you can find specialists to help you bridge those gaps. So how, how should these yeah. organizations think about that? Yeah, that's a, that's a great point. I think uh, two things come to mind. One is that when, when content teams get big uh, and as a result expensive, they usually get that way by accident. Meaning like somebody, say a CMO, has started building out a content team with the intention of using it as a growth channel. But over time, that content team uh, kind of devolves into an internal agency 
where they're actually like sourcing requests from across the company for a variety of different writing needs, which means they have less time to spend on growth. So I think um, for for teams that are currently in that situation or are in the process of growing a team, you have to be super mindful of that. You have to decide how much of the, there will always be internal needs. Sometimes it does make sense for content to chip in on things like um, quality control for product marketing's blog posts or something like that, you know, but you can't let it, it's a slippery slope as the content team starts working across other teams, you know, that tends to create that kind of bloated situation that ends to pretty ineffective uh, growth. And then the other thing is um, you bring up a great point about what should happen in-house and what should happen externally. I think that, um, I think that the perfect situation is that an internal team comes up with a strategy or a strong concept for their own content marketing, proves it out, and then hires people to help them do it. Certainly, there are situations where you may bring in an agency to help with the conceptualization piece and the strategy piece. But in general, I think it's 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 usually good if you prove it out in-house rather than hiring expensive consultants to prove it out for you. Um, for a variety of reasons, uh, there's a lot of absolutely fantastic freelancers out there in the content marketing space. Some of that is a result of layoffs. Some of it is a result of great resignation, which now feels like a decade ago. Just like a lot of people want to work for themselves these days. Um, so as you as you do need specialists, there's really, really good ones out there. Um, I'm personally a big fan of finding individual freelancers rather than agencies. But the you know part of my bias is Superpath is a small company, so we keep all, everything pretty lean. Yep. You know, if you're a multi-billion dollar company, probably makes sense for you to find a big agency who can deal with that kind of stuff for you. Yeah, I think the first point you were getting at was really around focus. And it's like very hard or when you, you got to be very clear about, hey, what's the content team focusing on? Because they will get pulled a lot of direct. The, the risk or danger is being pulled and stretched and they're not really focusing on what drives the impact. Um Totally. And then I like how you just described, hey, what do you keep in-house versus outsource? And it almost sounds like, hey, centralize the strategy function, like test it, iterate it. Once you see where there's traction, at that point, leverage an agency to accelerate those initiatives um, now that you know what's actually yeah. working in the market. But let's move into to kind of t- the technology side, not necessarily like market automation tools or things of that nature, but really this AI is kind of a buzzword in, in almost every facet of business, but it certainly applies into the content marketing side. So um, where do you see its role, um, AI specifically within content marketing um, in terms of a value add or or the, the opposite where it can actually have unintended consequences that are, that are not positive? Mm, interesting. Yeah, I feel like uh, AI is going to and a lot of the companies in this space, like Writer comes to mind, Jasper, Copy AI, like these are prominent companies in the content space who have AI tools. And I think all of them are slowly undoing a bad reputation that AI developed amongst content marketers, where I think the initial thought was, you know, give it a keyword and it'll write an SEO blog post, done. But those suck. And everyone realized that sucks really quickly. And so uh, I think most people now are... are uh, kind of struggling to kind of reopen their minds to how AI could actually be helping them. Uh, the ways that I see it really helping are um, uh, filling in gaps where uh, human hours and creativity are not particularly needed. As an example, um, 
I've seen companies rewriting meta descriptions for SEO across hundreds of blog posts. Like having a person do that is a waste of time. Having AI do it takes 10 minutes, you know? Um, other things like testing copy variations, AI is really good at coming up with dozens or even hundreds of copy variations if you're running ads or putting CTAs in an email, that type of thing. Um, and then increasingly for content that uh, can be uh, created based off of a template, and most companies do create some templatized content. I'm thinking of things like press releases, even ultimate guides, which is a thing a lot of companies do are largely templated because the the SEO best practices are are so set in stone on those things. You can get a pretty long way using AI to create those pieces and then have a person come in and fix them up later. I think that I don't five five ish years from now, like most companies that get past a Series A stage are probably going to have someone on their team who's like the content strategist, content AI strategist. I don't know what that title is going to be, but like their job yeah. is going to be to train and run the AI. And then for companies who are getting themselves into trouble, it's just because they're, you know, they're trying to, they're asking too much of it right now, right? Like the only way AI works for content marketers is with excellent input. That's the only way you get great output. And so if you're lazy about it and you give it one keyword and say, write a 2000 word blog post, the product, the end result is going to be junk. Um, so I think most of what's happened is just people being sort of lazy and, uh, you know, trying to get quick wins out of it when really like, like, can it help? Can it help efficiency? Can it help output? Absolutely. But it does require a significant, a, a moderate uh, upfront investment of time. Yeah. So ha have realistic expectations of what AI can actually do for you. And to your point, the efficiency of these manual burdensome tasks um, is a great solution for, but where it requires, like thinking of the customer experience and like where it requires a brain, um, that don't, don't assume they can replace a human yet for, for those functions within, within content. Uh, that's yeah. great. I like that. Um, and so you already alluded to some of those areas where it can help, uh, and some of the tools are associated with that. Uh, let's move into to the last topic, um, Jimmy, as, as we think about content marketing and how you can differentiate. And that, I think you can speak to this pretty well, is, is really around the community concept. And so what role can a community play to make you better at content marketing and to have, you know, kind of not only just differentiate, but ultimately resonate with, with the market. So from your experience, yeah. how have you seen it be successful? Yeah, that's such a good question. This is such a rabbit hole and I, I will do my very best to be concise. So for context, Superpath is an independent community. We are not associated with a SaaS brand. I think there's a lot of opportunity for SaaS brands in particular to either build their own communities um, or partner with existing independent communities that reach their target users. Um, there's what I found is that when a community hits a certain critical mass, um, it mostly runs itself. And there's so much information passing from one person to the next every single day that uh, content creation becomes just like low hanging fruit. You know, for example, like we have a content marketing manager on our team and each week she goes through our own Slack community, finds the most interesting conversations and then pitches me on ideas for our blog based on the things that are resonating most already, right? So like other, other people, like our community is basically telling us exactly what they want to learn more about. And then we can take those ideas. Sometimes we actually repurpose conversations as user-generated content, which I think is, we haven't totally figured that out, but I think there's probably something there. Uh, for some companies to do. Um, but we will absolutely go to the people who leave the best answers, ask them for quotes, include them in articles, 
you know, and then when it comes time to distribute that content, we're tagging the people who asked the question, who uh, chipped in to help us get the article written. It, it creates this like really nice feedback loop where yeah. um, people want answers. Uh, to some degree, they get them from their peers. And then we take it to the next level with like additional research and data uh, and reporting and then bring them back these like kind of really comprehensive uh, pieces of content that help answer those questions. And that's just one way, you know, like uh, I could imagine, actually, I, and I know of companies who use their own communities as um, uh, almost like training for their sales teams. Because like, here's yeah. a bunch of your prospects, whether they've opted in, you know, for sales calls or trials or whatever yet, it almost doesn't matter because you can learn so much from watching these folks interact and seeing what they talk about and what problems they have. And it, it really creates a lot of fodder for the time when the sales call actually does happen, you know? Yeah. Whether you're speaking to the individual who like left those comments in your community or not, like a lot of these people have the exact same problems and um, uh, kind of giving them a space to talk about them is just incredibly informative. Yeah, I like that. It, the first kind of point you're talking about ideation and then ultimately how do you amplify the message, uh, which is smart, like recognize the people, but also tag them so that they then distribute to their network. So there's that network effect uh, that you were just describing and then kind of the, the real-time training to take it from like keyword, like searches to like actual humans that really want to talk about that problem. And so you have a very much a captive audience and it kind of gets into that whole dark funnel kind of concept that marketing is trying to solve for. Um, yeah. kind of like you're actually, that that is the person searching in a very different way than organic. It's in a community with a very specific need and, and leveraging that community versus doing an organic search. So it seems to be kind yeah. of the next wave of where people are going for information. Um, totally. Jimmy, this is really, I think this is great. Just learning a little bit more about what you're seeing from a content marketing perspective. If our audience wants to, engage with you or ultimately with Superpath, what are some next steps they can take? Yeah, for sure. A few things. Superpath.co is the site. You'll find all of our stuff there. Um, there's a Slack community blog. We're launching a podcast in January. Um, you'll also find a link to help a B2B writer, which actually for folks who are looking for PR and or link building opportunities, it's basically a place where, you know, if you're a revenue it's uh, so like say you're a leader of a RevOps team. Like if you want to respond to queries, you will absolutely get mentions and backlinks. So it's kind of like a nice, easy way uh, yeah. to get some mentions for your company. And then if you want to join the community, you're welcome to. There's an application form which you fill out. And uh, in general, we welcome everybody. The form is just to try to keep spammers out, but uh, ha happy to have everybody. Well, Jimmy, thanks so much for stopping by. I'm sure our community will will have to look into this. Uh, I think it's a tremendous it's a value added, uh, I don't want to call it asset, but just resource uh, and ultimately relationships and communities. I think what, what's the tagline for the community? I think how's it, is it how, how do you phrase it? It's come for the uh, community, stay for the camaraderie. There you go. Uh, yeah. And so that, that, that I guess a great line. Um, and so there's a the relationship component to it too. So uh, Jimmy, thanks so much. Really do appreciate it. And we look forward to staying in touch. Cool. Thanks, friend. Take care. All right. See ya.